In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Some things never change. I asked my secretary last week what she thought about when she heard that old expression, some things never change, and she said, well, it could apply to a lot of things, but most of all, I guess, people messing up. Why? What have I done? (laughs) She had done nothing wrong. It was a philosophical question. If in a time machine we could travel back 2,000 years, or if we could, indeed, if we could get in a time machine and go forward 2,000 years to the year 4012, if if Jesus hadn't come by then, uh, we would see astonishing changes, but no change in human nature. People still messing up. People still getting it wrong. And I thought about that when I read this passage from uh, 1 Corinthians and Paul's words about the cross. He said, the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. It is a stumbling block to the Jews. It is folly to the Greeks. But to those who are called, it is the power of God. Some things never change. In this sermon, I want to talk about these two basic groups of the human race that have existed since the first century. Formerly, the Jews, for whom the cross was a stumbling block, and the Greeks, for whom the cross was folly, nonsense, foolishness. First, the Jews, for whom the cross was a stumbling block. And really, who can blame them? They'd been down for a long, long time, and presently Israel was being occupied by and under the control of Rome. And the Jews held out this hope for this Messiah of splendor and triumph that would kick Rome out of there and restore uh, the fortunes of Zion. Of course, the word across was a stumbling block to them because crucifixion meant defeat and humiliation weakness. And moreover, just remember that the majority of the Jews came from very respectable families uh, and pious backgrounds. They were uh, good enough, they thought, and their hearts were okay with God, so they thought. <clears throat> they, took, <clears throat> excuse me, they took their religion very seriously, the Old Testament of Moses. They took seriously, and they, they really sought to be morally upright people. And now they were being asked to believe that this Jesus of Nazareth, who was the son of this blue-collar carpenter, was the one perfect, sufficient sacrifice for the sin of the whole world, and that they had no righteousness of their own, and if it weren't for his willingness to die, then they were lost. And the word of the cross, remember, ushered in the preaching of free grace and justification by faith. And that, brothers and sisters, was a total stumbling block to the Jews. Nothing has changed. You know, today, nice, respectable, church-going people for whom the doctrine of grace is a stumbling block, this idea that we bring absolutely nothing to the equation when it comes to our justification before God. They may agree that, hey, we okay, sure, we need a little bit of forgiveness here or there in our lives, but certainly no need, this radical need for forgiveness that would allay the condemning judgment of God. And while they may have no Jewish blood in their veins, they are well represented today 
here in our passage when Paul said the word of cross is a stumbling block to the Jews. And then secondly, we have the Greeks here, for whom the word of the cross is foolishness, nonsense. He's a different sort of guy than the Jew. The Jew tries to keep his religion at a socially acceptable level. Uh, he or she is typically educated. They're zealous for all kinds of wisdom of every kind of religion. Uh, when it comes to religion, they are typically like either no religion or all religions. They'll be happy uh, to talk on occasion about Islam at a cocktail party near the pigs in a blanket. All the philosophy the philosophy of the latest Swami. But you bring up Christ crucified and he wanders off politely. His Bible is more likely to be the Wall Street Journal of New York Magazine, best-selling books by Mr. Worldly Wise Man. I have a, a longtime golfing buddy back home with whom I stay in contact. He's, he's Cornell grad, well-read, He's never converted to Christianity, but interestingly, he'll engage in theology from time to time. And he admitted that sometimes he thinks about a God who so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son into the world to die on a cross. And he said, Some, sometimes I admit it kind of tugs at my heart. But then he said, it's like I wake up and I think, what kind of God would demand such a brutal thing as crucifixion uh, to make things right between me and God, and then he said, I come to my senses. Point being, my friend has no Greek blood in his veins that I know of, but he is well represented here in the passage where Paul says the word of cross is folly to the Greeks. And so the apostle in our passage has gone straight for the jugular. The word of the cross is a stumbling block to the Jews, and it's foolishness to the Greeks, but for those who are called, it is the power of God. Some things never change. It's, it's not easy to grasp uh, the radical message of, of grace that declares that it took the death of God's Son to release us <clears throat> from sin, guilt, and judgment. It's not easy to see uh, through the wisdom of the world, to see the wisdom of God displayed on the hard wood of the cross. So we're talking about two different classes of believers here. And whether we're in the pew this morning or listening on the radio or later on the website, we're being asked sincerely, in my heart of hearts, do I belong to one of these groups? Is the cross a stumbling block to me? Is the cross, the word of the cross, foolishness? <clears throat> Maybe I'm somewhere in between. Maybe I'm not sure. But wherever you are, this, let me say <clears throat> that there's something else here before us in this passage that never changes, and that is the power and the wisdom of the word of the cross. St. Paul said, We preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to the Jews, follow to the Gentiles, but to those who are called to both Jews and Greeks, it is the power of God and the wisdom of God. <clears throat> when a Jew drops his claim to righteousness and submits to being cleansed by the blood of the Lamb, then he shall feel the real power of God. And when a Greek sees through the silliness of his own wisdom and bows to the wisdom of God that has shown how both <clears throat> God's unrelenting demand for justice on one hand and God's promise for everlasting mercy on the other hand, how these two can come together on the cross, then the Jew 
will stand joyfully astonished at the wisdom of God. There's absolutely nothing in the world more powerful than the word of the cross because Christ's blood is omnipotent to save even a wretch like me. And there's no higher wisdom in the world than the word of the cross for no human wisdom could have ever even dreamed up God's plan for redemption. And so let the congregation sing. Let the congregation sing with believing hearts. Hail thou once despised Jesus. Hail thou Galilean king. Thou didst suffer to release us. Thou didst free salvation bring. May God draw reluctant hearts and now give doubting souls courage to believe this for Jesus' sake. Amen.